Welcome to the Becoming Eva podcast, where we discuss real-life issues from a woman's perspective. Becoming Eva seeks to break the silence within the female community while fostering authenticity, transparency, and healing. We're, We're your hosts, hosts, LaToya Moore and Maya Dawson. Let's get started. What'd you do? I, I, it was a light week for me, actually, with it being President's Holiday, so I was grateful. I was grateful. It was winter break in the, in the area that we were in, so traffic was lighter. Meetings were lighter. I was grateful. Yes, it was a good week, though. How about you? How was your week? It was wonderful. Yesterday, we had, um, like, a dance for my son's um, preschool. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. we all went together, my husband and I, and our daughter as well. So it was fun. I love it. <laughs> awesome. I love it. And I was off for two days, and one child was off for three days and then the other two were off for four days so it was kind of a crazy week uh-huh. for me balancing um our schedule and work and mm-hmm. things like that but it was nice and relaxing for a few days off from work yeah that's always awesome. a good thing always all right becoming eva fans and family and universe and all that good stuff we have a guest in the building today if you haven't noticed so <laughs> yeah Latoya, yeah. if you can introduce our special guest today yes we're so excited to have <laughs> dr cassandra bolar for our rules of engagement topic today. (laughs) So I just want to talk a little bit about who she is. She is a healthy relationship advocate who truly believes in the capacity for change and positive transformation for couples. She has committed her life to improving the relational well-being of couples and families. The legacy of healthy relationships begins with you is a principle she hopes will inspire couples to set a positive course for their intimate relationship that could potentially impact future generations. She brings a wealth of experience in counseling, relationship education, and research. And she has been making contributions to the field for the past 12 years. Do you want to add anything? Dr. Bowler? <laughs> no, 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 enough about me. <laughs> but yes, I'm really excited, honestly, to be here and to engage in this conversation because it really is so important um, when we're thinking about the value that relationships add to our lives. Absolutely. And we all have the capacity to grow in our relationship skills. And so that means that we all have the capacity to grow in the, the value that we add to the other people in our lives and honestly ourselves. So Excellent. thank you, thank you. Thank yes, you. have you listened to any of our episodes? Well, I just got introduced to um, your 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 work, so I only have had an opportunity to listen to one. That's okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. We still well, to the game. Okay. you heard the episode in which someone nominated you for a noble character. No, 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 okay. not that one. I thought that was quite <laughs> kind, though. I, I know that you made a reference. I was like, oh, wow. Wow, that's just so kind. I wanted to tell you about episode two, The Whole Woman, so make sure you check that out because someone actually submitted your name, and Mm -hmm. I wanted to tell you what they said. Yes. Oh, my goodness. This person said, I think Dr. Cassandra Bolar deserves recognition as a virtuous woman. She has her own great things going, like publishing a book, creating curriculum for premarital counseling, counseling people, teaching at a university, and more. But she is very meek and humble in the way she prioritizes her and serves her family. She has two little ones 
who she takes great care of. And she took a year from her own career just to help her husband launch his chiropractic office. She demonstrates her love for God and her family even above building her own accolades. And her attitude and grace are remarkable. Oh my goodness. So someone <laughs> sent that in for episode two, The Whole Woman. So make sure you go back and listen to that episode. Yes. And everything they've said, I mean, as you were reading it again, I was like, oh my goodness, I see why they said that. Because you do, you just have this like beautiful meekness to you, which is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I just come to recognize that it's not about me. You know, it's really about the people that I serve. And I can't get caught up in what I'm doing. If anything, I should be doing a little bit more if I, if I can. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm honored. That's so sweet. That is awesome. <laughs> so can you tell us, how did you get into marriage and relationship counseling? Most definitely. So I actually thought I wanted to be a, a pediatrician. I've always loved children. And I realized that, hey, I don't like blood. I don't like hospitals. Oh, I don't think this will be a good fit. Maybe I need to change that. And so honestly, when I was in undergraduate school, I I literally prayed and I was like, Lord, I need you to guide me. I know that I have a passion for children. And he literally guided me to um, my field of, of a specialty, which is human development and family studies. And then I said, what what has the most impact on children? and it's their parents. Mm. And so how can we ensure a yeah. stable environment for them? It starts at the foundation. And so that's how I gained an interest in um, uh, marriage and family therapy. But then also too, I recognize that there are some educational skills, or there are basic skills that mm-hmm. people almost need to be educated on. Yeah. You know, because sometimes the idea behind therapy is that if I'm going to a physical therapist, then my body was probably functioning properly prior to that wound. Mm. But sometimes, you know, even through therapy, there's a, you know, maybe people weren't even functioning properly before. Yeah. And they haven't been educated Mm -hmm. on the skills needed to have a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I love my approach. You know, I'm also, I love the educational piece as a preventative tool. Yeah. Because we all can elevate our level of, of of skill when it comes to navigating our relationships. Very good. Very That's true. Awesome. I feel like I'm going to learn a lot just by this uh, having you on our show today <laughs> that I can apply to my life Aww. and through parenting. Um, how? What are the ages of your children? Yes, yes, yes. So I have a 14 month old. Wow! Girl. Congratulations. Yes, I have a little girl, and I also have a three year old son so I, I have both I awesome have, yes. and how long have you been married and i've been married now it'll be six years and this year congratulations mm-hmm. yes. that's awesome yes. we got married in the same year it'll be oh, six good. years for me too oh, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your top three healthy rules of engagement when it comes to dating and courting someone first what is very critical is that you need to date with intention and if you I'm like, know, speaking to the mic when you say that, please come on up and say that <laughs> again. What now? Date with what? It's, it's very <laughs> critical to date with intention okay. because you don't want to waste your time or the other person's time. Because the one thing in life that we do not get again is we do not get time. Mm. And and so and when you're dating with intention, that means you're dating with purpose. And so what can guide you as well is, you know, 
it's not just recreational. Sometimes we look at dating from a selfish perspective as if I just want to have fun. But if that's just your only purpose, you're going to wake up one day and recognize I've wasted a lot of time. Mm. And that's actually that's disrespectful powerful. to myself and the other person. Well, so it's that. very critical. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, preach on that. You know, so it's just definitely very critical um, that you are dating with intentionality. And then also, too, that's going to kind of serve to narrow you. And, 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 and as well, you know, when you're dating aimlessly, it builds a sense of hopelessness. Mm. And 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 hopelessness um, um, oftentimes causes us to engage in activities that are maladaptive. And so first, you know, you definitely need to date with intention. And then secondly, you know, you need to uphold godly standards for that process. Because at the end of this day of the day, that person does not belong to you. And so you want to engage with this person in a way that doesn't undermine their overall emotional and spiritual well-being because they don't belong to you. Even even at the end of the day, you're still barring your husband. They still belong to Jesus. Come on now. So, you know, so you want to engage with this person in a way that is of utmost respect. And not only that, you know, when we when we when we take care of those godly standards and uphold those godly standards, it serves as a protection and it serves as an emotional protection it, just, it serves as a physical protection and you know and what we do see is that because with sex okay well I'll just put it out there right right right, right, right. okay, so, okay so so you know so we are believers right and we believe in God's standard of you know maintaining um celibacy before mm-hmm. marriage mm-hmm. and 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 see see the, the thing about it is that sex m- is meant to bond you and what is released when sex occurs is oxytocin and that is the neurochemical that is in charge of bonding mm. and so what is happening is that it's creating an illegitimate bond there OK, and 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 we can't unwire ourselves. A lot of people say, oh, well, you know, I can get up and move on. No, 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 no. Chemically, your brain is becoming wired oh my to goodness. this person. And God said, you know, I want this to be done in the context of the safest place possible. Right. Which is the marriage covenant. And so when you engage in these godly standards, you are protecting yourself from an illegitimate bond prematurely. Mm. Guarding your heart. You're literally guarding your heart. Yes. And 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 that's definitely something that's critical to do because this person doesn't belong to you. Mm. And if they and if you don't get together, will will your Will that person's spouse have to clean up the aftermath of what you, what, of how you engaged with this person? That's you, amazing. You, like, you, you, you don't, you don't want yeah, that. Yeah, that's powerful. You don't want that. You were coming in with some nuggets out the gate. I like, know, dropping boom, gym, left and right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Intentionality. It's intentionality. <laughs> yes. But everything you said just points to the fact of how God designed a man and a woman you know, to become one in marriage, which is why he designed sex for marriage, because it all lends itself to you bonding, as you were saying, and becoming one, which is why it's so important to not engage in it outside of marriage. It's like, oh, my gosh, my sister. When sex occurs, God sees marriage, right? 
he told that woman, no, you have five husbands. Mm. I teach a human growth and development course, um, uh, human growth over the lifespan. We talk about from conception to death. And uh, gametes, right? So the female gamete is the egg. The male gamete is the sperm. Mm -hmm. In the Greek, do you know what gamete means? Marriage. Oh, it means I didn't union. know that. Wow. And so, you know, the two become one, literally. The two become one. The two gametes mm -hmm. come together and form a brand new person. My goodness. And that's what has the potential of happening with that, you know. Mm. And I know I may seem like this old grandmother, like, you know, no. don't do that, baby, don't do that. No. But I'm just like, you know, just thinking of it in a protection way. It's so powerful. Yeah. The, the creation of life is so powerful. The create A marriage is the creation of a brand new entity. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so that's why I say first, it's important to date with intention. Secondly, to um, uphold um, those godly standards and think from the long term. Is this person's life and their life purpose in mm -hmm. alignment with mine? Mm -hmm. Or is there some type of compatibility there? Will mm -hmm. they be supported? Because as an individual, I have a mandate on my life. And that mandate and that purpose, yes. it never goes away. Yes. And so I want to get in a life partnership that's going to be able to support mm -hmm. my life purpose and my mandate because there's going to be a fulfillment on for me that comes from exercising and operating in that. And I want to have life partner a life partnership that is supportive of that. Mm -hmm. Very good. Now, for you, was that a process that you learned over time or was it something that was taught to you by like your mom or your dad or someone in the church? Because I know a lot of people, um, especially in the African-American community, our parents didn't necessarily have a lot of conversations. I know for me, as far as communication um, in regards to dating. So yeah. how, did, how did you learn to date with intentionality? You know, I was afraid of dating for a while. Everyone was like, <laughs> Sandra, you're in school. Go get your degrees. Marriage can wait. Dating can wait. Oh, don't get sidetracked, you know. But I remember one thing my pastor said. I was maybe about 16 years old, and it still sticks to me to this day. And he's no longer with us. He's passed. He's one of those old fathers in Zion, you know. And and he said to me, I remember where I was in the church. It was like maybe after a church service. And he pulled me to the side and he said, Cassandra, there's a work that God wants you to do, but I don't want you to get sidetracked or distracted by boys. And I don't want you to do things that, and he literally was like, don't get sidetracked. Don't, don't, don't let them pull you away. And that stuck with me. And he was talking about also sexual purity and that just, that yeah. thing, that thing, I don't know, but mm -hmm. it hit me. It like, it, it, something, it just woke up and it resonated with me. And so he did, and then oh, my parents did as well. Um, my mom and dad were always very adamant about that as well. But the purpose piece was something that I've kind of picked up along the way. Mm -hmm. But the purity piece, I did, you know, yeah. from church. But the purpose piece, yeah, 
you know, we don't really talk about that much. You know, the alignment of purpose or the complementary nature mm-hmm. of the purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's very stuff. powerful. Uh, even to our children to start speaking those things and teaching them those things at an early age. Absolutely. So that they're prepared when they, you know, pursue a courtship to have that mindset. Mm -hmm. So I think that's powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And modeling modeling it out. I know what you were talking about, what's most impactful for young children are their parents. So when you see that courtship even still happening in marriage, that chivalry, that, um, that affection, that romance, all of that, it shows your children what a relationship should look like and how they should engage with the opposite sex, you know, how they should be treated by the opposite sex. It kind of helps to lay that framework and set that standard for them. So that's amazing that you pointed out. That's where it starts really with what they see in their parents. Oh my goodness. It, It serves as a role model. And then their relationship lays an impression and an imprint of how, of, of what's normal. And I remember I was in, uh, uh, right there in the West End, we used to do a lot of work with the University for Parents. Um, um, Susan Taylor's work, she's um, she's doing a lot of mm-hmm. work to empower parents, some beautiful work, mentorship work that she's doing. And I was teaching a class on parenting. And one of my beloved, oh, she's awesome, she's so amazing. She was telling me about her granddaughter. And she said, you know, my granddaughter came to me the other day and said that, oh, I'm gonna be a boss. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be successful. I'm gonna be this successful Uh businesswoman. I'm just gonna, I was like, oh, this sounds great, I like this. And she said, but I'm not getting married because I don't need a man. Mm. Uh And I was like, "Uh oh, oh my gosh, where did this message come from? Where did did she get that from? Where did she get that from? Mm. But she didn't see those examples of a healthy marriage. And she, and the examples that she's seen, that she's seen of relations between, uh, you know, adults she's like I don't I don't want that and so 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 how we're living it sets an example and an impression upon our children and 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 it's problematic And, and and you know a lot of people think that oh whatever they're doing doesn't affect me everything affects us we're just thinking about what's going on in our backyard mm-hmm. and if our kids are okay. No, no, no. Yeah. It is all impacting us. I feel like we should have had you for like the last three episodes. <laughs> oh my goodness. But let me let me ask, let me dip back just a little bit because you kind of touched on a couple weeks ago we talked about dating as an independent woman and, you know, how honestly I don't think there's anything wrong with that but that, that mindset can lend itself to not making room for a husband and not um, being open to having a healthy marriage. So do you have any thoughts or or tips or, um, you know, rules of engagement as far as dating as that independent woman that, you know, so many women are taught to be today, the boss, you know, the one. I don't need no man to take care of me. But but you cold at night. You cold at night. Right. (laughs) I'm just saying. And it has been indoctrinated into us as black women in particular to be strong, to be independent. And, you know, and the reality is that our culture has not adequately prepared us for the adaptation that's needed as a woman in marriage. Mm -hmm. 
And at the end of the day, there your man needs to be the man in the household. And we've been so used to being, you know, engaging in these instrumental roles, sometimes out of necessity, yes. Yeah. But but there's an at there's a there's an adjustment absolutely that's needed for marriage absolutely you know and and recognizing that you don't have to shoulder it all by yourself mm-hmm. you are not equipped to do that all by yourself mm-hmm. and it doesn't take anything away from your strength and you know and we think that we have to be superwoman but in our efforts to be superwoman what's happening to us emotionally wow when we look at heart disease for women, mm-hmm. like what, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're trying to do it all, but our hearts are so, like physically, physically, yeah, and emotionally suffering, and so that we just have to make that adjustment and see that you don't have to shoulder all that weight. You mm-hmm. have a partner. You have a man. Come on, yes, come on. Let the man be the man. <laughs> you know, come you on. have a man now who can kind of assist you and support you. With this, with building this beautiful family, and let him step into that role. That's so. Let awesome. him be that man. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it all anymore. Mm. Great stuff. Great stuff. So, what are your top three unhealthy rules of engagement when it comes to dating and courting? What should women be on? Frivolous dating. Well, come on. <laughs> Number one. Is dating, you know, just like, oh, I just want to have fun. And it's very selfish. And what what happens is if you get used to just wanting to get your needs met, that will not magically go away once you get married. Mm. And marriage is one of the most selfless, self-sacrificing acts ever. Yeah. And so if you're in the habit of, you know, just, you know, meeting your own wants and desires and needs and just dating frivolously then what what we do see is that the heart was not meant to be broken repetitive um repeatedly mm. and actually from the research what we see is that actually multiple break like you know you know some people say let's just go try it out see what see what's out there Sow your royal oats or something. Mm-hmm. Some <laughs> foolishness is not God. But, but you know, they, they say that. And um, they, but mo- what we see from the research at the aggregate level is that multiple breakups give you a more callous heart toward marriage. Mm. Our hearts were not meant to be broken repeatedly. And what we also know is that the adjustment period, based on neuroscience, neuroplasticity of the brain, nothing more meaning that our brains are amenable to change, and our brains change by what we experience, our choices, and our actions. Mm. And so it takes time to kind of unravel your brain from that old person to this new person. We know how it is. We overreact to our current person, but we're really reacting to how someone treated us in the past. And when you have all that going on multiple, 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 multiple times, you are not, literally your brain has not unraveled itself Mm. around the experiences, the choices, and the actions that you had with that old person. Now think about that occurring multiple times, multiple times, Mm. multiple times. And so you engage in frivolous dating and your brain is literally wired to your past. Mm. That's powerful. 
All right, frivolous things. She's bringing science into this. That's awesome. It is. My goodness. Okay, so that's number one. What's another thing that, you know, um, and I would say women in particular should uh, be on high alert or awareness regarding unhealthy rules of engagement? Dysfunctional dating. Mm. And or dysfunctional relationships. And see, the thing about it, we know what's dysfunctional with regard to what's toxic, someone calling you out of your name, mm-hmm. physical abuse, things of that nature. But I am, if I am an appliance, I'm dysfunctioning if I'm not able to operate in my purpose. And so if my connection with this person detracts me from operating in my purpose, then that is a dysfunctional relationship for me. Mm. It's beyond the glaring red flags. It's the glaring incompatibility with my future. That's powerful. Yeah, so it's the incompatibility with my future. And of course, you know, you know, not upholding godly standards. We hurt ourselves, we hurt the other person. Mm-hmm. It, you know, all of that can be definitely problematic. Very so how do stuff. women get out of Ooh. those relationships when they're stuck in those unhealthy relationships, when they're courting and dating? What are some steps that can be taken for, for them to get out of those relationships? You know, you're literally going to have to cut all ties, you know, any type of connection, any type of, you know, social media, what have you, phone. Like, if you really want to walk away and step away from this person, no, we cannot be friends. No, I do not need to see you and go out to lunch with you from time to time because what has happened is what keeps people in that toxic relationship is not the current experience. It's the projected positive experience that they want to have with a person that they probably never even experienced. Mm. So this is the idealized version that they Mm. thought that they would have had with that person. You have to cut and sever that tie in your mind. You have to sever that tie in your mind and say, you know what? We broke up for a reason and remind yourself of why you did that. And and an unscript that idealized version of that relationship that you thought that you would have with that person. And then you need to, I mean, honestly, get rid of everything they gave you. I know, I know it might have been expensive, but that's a reminder mm-hmm. and that's a connection. You need to get rid of it. Get rid of all those cherished memories. You know, and that takes time. It, it, it takes time. It does. It does. It takes time. So give yourself grace. But do everything that's within your natural power, you know. Um, And that's the thing, too. My sisters out there, do not invest into someone who has not made a promise to you. Going on trips and things of this nature. And if it doesn't work out, then there's a heavier load for you for unpacking all of those experiences because you in your mind you have already thought about the wedding dress you've already named the kids we sure have you know you've already figured you've already been looking at houses oh now that's see now that's now now i see us in there cooking breakfast putting your new last name behind your first name you You gotta make sure it sound right right come on oh that's cute Uh i like that that's you made your new signature and so you have invested before the market even knew your value. My Lord. 
Say and, that one. Can you say that one more time? <laughs> please, I'm just saying. Yes, can yes. you please say that one more time? <laughs> so you have invested before the market knew your value. Wow. And then when you break up, then you start to question your value. But the reality is that you are in your your value is above measure, my sister. You know? But you put too much in. He, no, don't wash his clothes. What? Mm-mm. That's, 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 that's for your husband. Don't get him. Don't get him used to you being your wife, his wife. No, 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 no. There's some things that we reserve for marriage. Not just. It's not just sex that we reserve for Amen. marriage. That's true. It's not just sex. It's other things. But there are people out here being full-blown, full-fledged wives. I'm yeah. like, whoa, you're doing some stuff. I need to get up on that. I don't I feel like you got <laughs> but, the dick. Yeah. But you're wondering why you know how to ring. Yes, ma'am. You're wondering why you know how to ring. Because mm-hmm. you're playing a wife already. Yes. I didn't mean to cut you oh, off. No, it no, just no, jumped no, in no, me so when good. you said it. I mean, yes. yeah. That is so good. Mm. That is so good. Can yes, you talk yes. with us a little bit about contentment? as a single woman because I think oftentimes we kind of overlook that because we either want to be in a relationship or we just don't know how to be comfortable with ourselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yes. as single women, yes. whether we're dating or not, like we don't know how to be comfortable and content because we are too busy thinking that companionship or being in a marriage is the end all be all. It's the solution to all our problems. You know, Maya, that is so good. And it's, this arrival syndrome that once I've arrived then that means I'm valuable because someone Mm -hmm. chose me to be their wife Mm -hmm. you know but at the end of the day if you don't get contentment down as a single woman it's still going to be a struggle as a married woman because at the end of the day it's, it's an illegitimate desire to require of your husband or your spouse regardless if you're male or female to require them to be your all in all and to be your source of happiness and fulfillment and so what has happened so timothy keller talks a lot about this he's amazing teacher on marriage um um he's um located in new york but he, he talks about how contemporary people, the place that God used to have in our hearts and our lives as a culture, we've want, we want to put our, our, our partner in that place. Mm. And, and, I, and, and we know that there's only a God-sized hole in our hearts that only he can fulfill. And so I have to be full. I say one of the greatest assets that you can have in any relationship is having your relationship with Jesus Christ being Amen. strong, you know, because he can correct you and say, oh, no, you need to go back and okay, you need to clean that up. <laughs> you need, you need to, oh, no, no, you need to go forgive. Oh, oh yeah. He, he'll check you in your, your quiet time. <laughs> yes, he will. You know, but, and then he'll encourage you in your quiet time and then he'll fill you up. And, and, and if I'm empty and I'm, and I'm requiring my partner to fill me up, it will never happen. And so I have to recognize what does it take to fill my cup as a single woman? And I want I want to be full. I want to be full because you'll enter into marriage and be and become disillusioned and become even more empty. Mm. Wow. That's, That's powerful. Yeah. Cuz that good. applies even to married women too. It sure does. Being content in their with themselves. Absolutely. And not looking for contentment in their spouses. Mm-hmm. Very powerful. 
So we want to talk a little bit about the rules of engagement for married yes. folks. Yes. We're talking about marriage. <laughs> so what are the key rules of engagement regarding communication? I know that's a big one yeah. um, in marriages. So what are some key rules? You know, Latoya, communication is your currency in marriage. And you utilize it to address every other part of your marriage. Mm. To talk, you have to talk about your finances. Mm-hmm. You have to talk about your sex life. You have to talk about raising your children. And so you want to engage in a way that doesn't undermine the integrity of the relationship, undermine the integrity of your spouse or even yourself. And so first and foremost, effective communication has not occurred until there's mutual understanding. And oftentimes what is happening, we're both trying to prove our point so badly and want you to see it from our perspective and see that I'm right. And I'm going to keep arguing until you say that I'm right. Yes. I'm right. I need it to come out your mouth. Now you I'm right. right. Now so, so. <laughs> So sometimes what I do in therapy is I, 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 I'll I take a little sheet of paper like this and then I'll, I'll put a W on it to where, Latoya, you would see the W, but I'm facing it toward you, Maya, mm. and you would see the M. Who's oh right? Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. The way that you see it is how you see it and there's nothing wrong from it about it. So my first thing would be we need to get to the goal of mutual understanding, but then we also need to take our partner's perspective and be able to step outside of ourselves mm. because that's going to be a prerequisite to getting to that sense of mutual understanding. You wow. Know? And 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 then lastly, you know, there are five steps that I, I always talk about is that when you're at 100 and you're very upset and you're traveling at 100, you know, if you guys engage at that time, it may be an accident. So first of all, you have to be self-aware to recognize that I'm upset right now and and really engagement at that time will not be productive because you're not even able to engage with a part of your brain that's in control of rational thought, which is your prefrontal cortex. You're at the lower level, primitive part of your brain, fight or flight. Mm-hmm. So first of all, you cannot engage at that level and be effective. You got to recognize within yourself, I'm traveling at 100 and I'm going to cut loose. <laughs> and I don't want to cut it's loose. It's going to be a fight. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. cut loose. I love you, man. Yeah. So I don't want to cut loose. So I need to calm down. And, you know, but we don't want to table that situation for too long. We All just right. want to table it to where we can re-engage, like physically, re-engage with the part of the brain that controls rational thought. That's very good. And then once you, and you know how people say, Take a walk, you know, Mm -hmm. count to 10. 10. Mm -hmm. That sounds trivial, but it works Mm -hmm. because it literally physically calms your body down and you're you're able to re-engage as a smart person that you are, (laughs) you know. And then from there, what's really the underlying emotion? Because we know it's quite apparent that you're upset, that you're mad, you're angry, you're, you're hot. That's quite, that's apparent. And, but the reality is that when I'm traveling at 100 and it's very apparent, th- what my partner is going to do is defend themselves because cause, cause you, cause you're going to come out swinging with yeah. your words. So that that's definitely not going to produce the effective communication that you want. And so, but what does is we want to create communication that creates connection. And I'm able to connect 
when I'm able to get in tune with the more vulnerable emotion that's actually driving my intensity. Mm. And that may even be hidden from me. So I need to dig down and realize that, yes, I'm angry, but at the end of the day, what I really am, I'm really sad. Mm. I'm a little disappointed. I'm hurt. And as my best friend comes to me and says, Cassandra, man, I'm so hurt. I'm sad about another situation. I'll be like, what's going on, my girlfriend? What's going on? (laughs) I'm going to come with empathy. And that's what we want to do. We want to engender the compassion of our partner and the empathy. Mm. But when we're at 100, the only thing that they're going to do is either they're going to engage and escalate with us Mm -hmm. or they're going to disengage. And nine times out of ten, if it is a male, we do see this with the research, then more than likely he's going to disengage. He's going to stonewall. I'll talk about that with the unhealthy things but yeah. you know and but 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 we have to be clear so in let in, in communicating what happened when did it happen how did it make me feel in that vulnerable respect and then i say stroke before you kick you know start with a soft startup speak to the good intentions of your partner they probably didn't intentionally want to hurt you speak to that Speak to how, you know, for the most part, I know, baby, you know, you do a real good job most of the time. But on Sunday night at (laughs) five o'clock, this happened. And what happened when it happened? And you know what? I was really angry, but I was really kind of hurt and disappointed and a little bit sad because of it. So instead, you got to tell them what you want to see instead. Mm -hmm. We We have to teach people how to treat us well. We cannot assume. Mm-hmm. We can't assume. So next time, on a Sunday night, can, <laughs> can you do this? And then follow it up with another sweet, sweet something, sweet speaking to their good intentions. And say, you know what? I know you didn't do that on purpose. I know you love me. I know you don't even want me to, to feel like that. I know that's not your intention. And you know what? I love you too. And that's I'm gonna easier. use that next yeah. time. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Note to self. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna yeah. use that. Yeah, that's easier to digest. Yes. E- See, I set the table, and I, I made you eat your green beans. <laughs> but I set the table so nicely. <laughs> you didn't even realize you, you were eat, even eat eating vegetables. I love it. I love it. Wow. Well, before we go into our next area of healthy rules engagement, was there anything unhealthy that you wanted to talk about as far as unhealthy rules of engagement regarding communication? Definitely, Mm -hmm. definitely, definitely. So Dr. John Gottman, who is probably one of the most renowned researchers when it comes to examining the science of relationships. So he has what we call the love lab, and it's an observational apartment whereby it's very naturalistic setting. Uh, It looks like a regular apartment, but the participants are hooked up to um, um, uh, equipment that can see their heart rate changes as well as they take uh, cortisol samples to look at their Mm -hmm. stress Mm -hmm. and and what he has found in his research he's 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 been doing this for decades and he can predict up to 94 percent accuracy whether a couple gets divorced because he follows the couples longitudinally so he was looking at newlywed couples there are four he calls them the four horsemen of the apocalypse Oh my. Because they're just that detrimental to communication. One, contempt. Two, criticism. 
Three, defensiveness. And four, stonewalling. Okay, can you break down contempt? Yes. Like what, how would you define that? So it's really, it's almost like ridiculing and attacking that person's personality. Okay. Yes. And 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 so I have contempt towards you. And it's, it's just, it's beyond, it's, you know how you criticize what they do? Mm-hmm. It's like criticizing them for who they are. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay, so contempt, criticism, criticism. yes, you know, always critical of everything that they do. They can't Mm. ever do anything right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then um, defensiveness. So Mm. they always wanted to, you know, you bring something up, but hey, they're trying to defend their point. Mm -hmm. And then stonewalling is a complete shutdown. I'm not going to engage at all. I'm not going to talk. I'm going to ignore you. And that's very problematic. And what we do see in the research is that the person who stonewalls, their phys- physically, their bodies are um, more vigilant, and they're actually their bodies are actually physically more under distress. Mm. The person who is not engaging, so they say, "Oh, I'm trying to be cool. I'm trying to not engage and be cool." But literally, you're paining your heart physically when you do that. My goodness, mm. my goodness. Wow. There's a lot there. <laughs> There's a lot there. Okay, we're going to move on. We're going to move on. Okay, second rule of engagement. Healthy rules of engagement regarding finances. Communication. And you can't, it, it has to, so first you have to have open and honest communication because finances are not just finances. We all have a relationship with money. And oftentimes your relationship with money is very different from your partner's. Mm -hmm. And so you want to kind of even understand what type of relationship does my partner have with money and how can we come to an equal, equal, uh, equal playing field when it comes to money. Mm -hmm. So first you need to definitely communicate about money. Is there going to be a particular amount that we're going to definitely talk about before we make those purchases? What is going to be our rules of engagement, our personal rules of engagement when it comes to money? And you have to have it written down Mm, and be in agreement and be in agreement. You have to have it written down and, and be in agreement. You need to have a physical budget. You need to have some physical financial goals Mm -hmm. like you definitely need to have those things in place very good any unhealthy rules of engagement regarding finances secrets (laughs) (laughs) i got a secret account for this and that secrets not talking about certain things Uh going behind their back doing things financially oh my goodness that will definitely um um, produce the seed of mistrust and you do not want that when it comes to finances Mm, good stuff very good stuff. So now <laughs> it's gonna get a little. Um, we'll, the views will probably go up on this topic. Spicy, saucy. <laughs> what are the key rules of engagement regarding sex in a marriage? Communication. <laughs> so what we do see in the risk. Oh, okay. So I actually just taught about sexuality last week. I teach a personal relationships class. So what we do see is that couples who communicate more about sex, then they actually have better sex lives. And so you need to talk about it. And I think there's a fear, you know, talk about what you like, talk about what you dislike. And I think sometimes there's a fear that if I talk about this, then my partner will feel unliked Mm -hmm. or, you know, you definitely want to be sensitive when you're talking about these topics, but you need to communicate and not feel afraid to talk about your desires and, and, and definitely we want to have a certain level of frequency. Um, and, and and oftentimes there may be a mismatching between sexual desire or um, libido, but, but you need to have 
an understanding and an agreement. Well, what is our frequency that will work well for us as a couple? Okay, and what we do see in the research is that granted there are different seasons to your marriage, you know, or what have you, but um, couples who have sex at least once a week typically do well. So with people who do have sex more than that, then they don't have any more relationship, imp- you know, benefits than people mm-hmm. who, who have sex at least once a week. But, um, you know, so having that frequency is important. And then a lot of times people say, oh, well, you know, I don't want to plan it because then it won't feel spontaneous. No, plan it. Put it on your <laughs> calendar, especially when you're busy, you know. Mm-hmm. If, if certain nights work better for you, it's okay to plan it. It doesn't take away the, the spontaneity. You can still make it fun and exciting if you need, if, you know. Very good. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is some important key points. <laughs> <laughs> Any unhealthy rules of engagement regarding sex in marriage? Yes, most definitely. You never want to shame your partner. Mm. Um, and you never want to make them feel less than. Because this is a very sensitive topic. You know, self-image comes into play when we're thinking about sex. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we have this romanticism view in our culture on sex. Yes. Such that if that sex is the end-all, be-all of the quality of the marriage or the relationship, you know? Mm. And that's just not true. You know, granted, but what we do see is that the context of the relationship does play a role in sexual satisfaction. Definitely it does. You know, but that shouldn't be the only indicator that you guys are doing well. You know, it's it's so much bigger than that. Mm -hmm. And it starts before we get to the bedroom. It starts with the, um, it starts with how you're treating me. It starts with the the, um, affectionate touch, Mm -hmm. non-sexual affectionate touch. It starts Mm -hmm. there. It starts in the kitchen. It starts in the morning by you being nice to me, smiling Mm -hmm. to me, touching me, little shoulder rub. There you go. You're getting them ready. Mm -hmm. That that whole foreplay literally is, is... Key. For key. women, I know definitely. Yes, for you women, know, yes. for sure. Yes, men, men can cut it off, cut yeah. it off. Five seconds, that's <laughs> all they exactly. need. Exactly. <laughs> we are like different. Women are like, can you put me in the mood, please? Yes. Can I look? Can you be nice to me? Like, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And so oftentimes for women, we have a deep need for emotional connection Mm -hmm. right and oftentimes for men they have a deep need for sex Mm -hmm. and it's oftentimes in when giving the sex that sometimes men open up and talk that's true you know (laughs) and 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 what do you mean by that well so oftentimes men feel this deep sense of satisfaction and connection and then you know the afterglow they may start talking is that where pillow talk comes from maybe so (laughs) (laughs) but you know but recre but not just sex but recreation is very important for a man yeah and 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 but and talking and emotional connection is very important for a woman Mm -hmm. and and so when we engage in recreational activities fun recreational activities with our husbands then oftentimes it's during those times that they talk the most that's true and that's when they talk and bond with their boys mm-hmm. and so we need to be known as hey you can talk and bond with me too I can, <laughs> I can you know <laughs> i love it i love it oh great stuff all right so if someone is in an unhealthy marriage like mm-hmm. everything you're saying they're like okay we don't have that we don't have that we don't have that oh my lord the four 
horsemen of the apocalypse are like on my back. They on our t- like you know what? What are some steps that um, you know either spouse can take to you know help improve or shore up their marriage and get it moving in the direction of being healthy? One thing I would say is that problems have a shelf life. I got that from Dr. Kirby. I can't take that. Mm-hmm. And and you want to mobilize yourself in such a way to where you arm together as a couple to address whatever that problem is, even if that problem is you and your perspective. And the thing about it is that if it's not like abuse or something mm-hmm. like that, you or you know, you can get over you can get over it together. And and sometimes you may need some stronger arms to hold you up. And so you may need some counsel. Mm. You may need um, maybe a mentor couple. You may need someone who's going to speak into the life of the marriage. And I always say that you want to find a friend of the marriage, just not your friend. Because yes. if it's just your friend, she may say Come or on. he may say, oh, well, I wouldn't put up with that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but you want to be with someone who says, you know, we want the life of the marriage to yes. live on. And and oftentimes the thing about it is that you can get over those situations and 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 develop a deeper intimacy that you even had before you hit that season. And and so seeking out that support that you need to create a different strategy, because sometimes what happens is you get hopeless. Mm -hmm. You get hopeless. And 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 you one thing to remember is that you're in a covenant and so you definitely want to fulfill your covenant responsibilities regardless of some the input of the others because you're in covenant with God as well. And so recognizing that every good seed that you plant, even when you don't feel like planting it, it will reap for you. Mm. It will reap a harvest for you in your marriage. And so be intentional on being the best version of yourself and getting strength to do so. And the thing about it is that you are contributing to a system. And so your positive um, contribution will positively shift the culture of the marriage, even if it is just you right now. Wow. Very good. Very good. So you have given us a lot of gems, a lot of nuggets. I'm already going to be like playing this episode back and back and back. Like, yes. wait now, let me get that. Let me get that. But if there was one key nugget that you could give, you know, as far as what what someone should take away from this conversation, whether they're in a healthy relationship or they aspire to be in a healthy relationship, what is one key rule of engagement that they should embrace? One key rule of engagement is that your relationships matter. And every day you want to make a positive investment in the relationships that you have because relationship skills are transferable. Effective communication works in the workplace. If I'm married, if I'm single, it all works for me. And I want to grow in the, I want this to be habitual. I want this to be like secondhand nature. Very good. To where it's not forced. Mm-hmm. It's just a part of me. Even when it's hard, but it's just a part of me. It's a part of who I am. And so I definitely want to, you know, emphasize the importance of navigating relationships successfully because Harvard, they conducted a 75 year longitudinal study that's still in effect to this day. The um, principal investigator, of course, who started the study is no longer with us. And so they've had several Mm -hmm. principal investigators over the years, but it's still ongoing to this day. 
And what the purpose of the study was, was to identify what predicts happiness and longevity across the lifespan. Mm. And what they found above and beyond any other factor was that close, loving relationships predict health and longevity better than any other indicator. Very good. So our ability to relate well is literally a matter of life and death. Wow. <laughs> Dr. Cassandra Bola. Yes. You have given us so many tools and nuggets. And do you want to tell people, I know you're a therapist. Do you want to tell people where your office yeah, is? Yeah. Give them your, your tag. Yes. And everything, how they can find how? you, everything. Yes. So I do a lot of work. Um, in Carrollton, but then also here um, in the Lithia Springs, Douglasville area as well. Um, you can find out more information um, at upliftingrelationships.com. I also have a premarital program called Marriage Head Start, which helps people create a plan and a strategy for having a successful marriage. And it's not just something that you do before you get married, but it's an ongoing planning strategy to utilize for the lifetime of your marriage. Um, and so I'm very passionate about that. I'm actually going to be tomorrow at a, at a bridal show because I, I always think that prevention is very key and critical and I always say it's easier to prevent a fire Mm -hmm. rather than fight a fire Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. very good you have any social media handles oh yes yes Um, you're more than welcome Facebook um, at uplifting relationships and then also dr. underscore Cassandra at Instagram perfect perfect thank you thank you Mm -hmm. all right so now it's time for our noble character acknowledgement segment So if you know of a woman that you want to give praise to, a shout out or recognize for making a difference in their family, neighborhood, or on their job, then please go to our website at becomingevatoday.com and submit their name in the Noble Character tab. And since we have Dr. Cassandra Bolar, today we're going to let you pick the the woman of Noble Character for today's show. Most definitely. I would like to nominate um, Miss Tina Lamar. She is just a phenomenal mother, um, wife. She's been married now for about 27 years, I believe. It would be 27 years this year. And she just serves as such a wonderful example of a loving wife and and mother. She, you know, you know, a lot of times in today's age, especially as a, a driven woman career-wise, you know, people sometimes can put other responsibilities second and third. But her children and her husband have always been first. And and she's very and she just she 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 keeps a clean house. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know she's just she's just and she's sweet and she's just, you know, she's that person who gathers the family together for big events and she just loves people and she loves pouring into the children at her school and um and she's just a phenomenal, phenomenal woman, and I and I look up to her. And um, and she's you know how you have people around you who help you uphold a high standard in mm-hmm. your marriage and as a parent. She she serves as that for me. She helps me to she helps me to be accountable, and I'm really grateful for her and our relationship. Awesome, mm-hmm. awesome. That is that is awesome. <laughs> so Maya, did you receive any feedback? 
from last week's Becoming Eva you Challenge? Know, I got I got a lot of feedback about the episode. For the challenge, I haven't heard anything specific. So if y'all if y'all have some couples out there that you are linking up with to make sure that you're, you know, serving as a mentee or having mentors, please post that to our Facebook page, our social media for our Instagram or Twitter. You know, we want to hear, you know, on YouTube, you can comment there. We we just want to know if what we're, you know, putting out here is impactful. So feel free to, you know, share if you have um, engaged in any of our Becoming Eva challenges. So this week's Becoming Eva challenge is what are some healthy rules of engagement that you can incorporate whether you are married or dating. So listen to the episode and uh, Dr. Bowler gave so many different tips and advice. So I would incorporate some of those tips and advice. I know that I am. Me too. (laughs) For the marriage piece. Yeah. Communication was big um, in your, you know, in your most of the mm-hmm. rules of engagement Absolutely. is communication. Absolutely. And even, I know we, we highlighted, you know, rules of engagement if you're married or dating, but you even just talked about just the importance of healthy relationships, period, on your job, in your family. So even if you're single and you're not in a relationship, there are still nuggets here that you can benefit from. So I would encourage you to accept the challenge as well and highlight some rules of engagement that you want to embrace just in your day-to-day relationships. So... Yeah, very good. I learned so much Mm -hmm. (laughs) today. So don't forget, next week we're going to be talking about parenting with purpose. And we'll have special guest, um, Pastor Neil Zimbron, next week. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on the podcast app. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook at Becoming Eva. One word. Feel free to also share our posts. Yeah, share please. the post to your to all of your social medias as well. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Becoming Eva Today. See you soon. See you soon. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Click subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast. Check us out at becomingevatoday.com or email us at becomingevatoday.com. See you next time.